0: Hello and welcome to HubSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. A bi-weekly look at the latest updates from HubSpot and practical hints and tips directed from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. This week, I'm taking over for our usual host. My name is S.J. Hood, content specialist here at Clients First. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Damian Egan, Senior Channel Account Manager at HubSpot we will be discussing everything you need to know about HubSpot pricing. Welcome, Damien. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, SJ. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Always a pleasure. So you're here to talk about HubSpot and HubSpot pricing. Um, before we get into any of the nitty-gritty details, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your role, both at HubSpot and in working with clients first?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, My role, as you pointed out there, is channel account manager within HubSpot. So uh, essentially, I I work in sales, but as part of the partner organization within HubSpot. So a huge chunk of HubSpot's revenue comes from um, our channel community. So partners and clients first are one of those. So I work with um, a number of HubSpot partners on coaching them, Um, on how to sell and they're refining their own sales processes as well as any potential HubSpot related deals that they might be working on or clients or with any clients that they have Um, as well as you know back to my primary objective I am a salesperson within HubSpot so I have a I have a target that I need to hit Um, so it's kind of a hybrid role between working with partners and helping them sell as well as me selling directly to the end customer as well.
0: Okay so then you definitely are the person to be asking about pricing because it sounds like you know it pretty much from all the different angles a person can come at it from.
1: Yeah, very much so. Kind um, of, especially in the partner community as well. You get um, really opened up to uh, kind of questions around service uh, pricing and retainers and software pricing, kind of everything that falls within. So, uh, yeah, have good good exposure to every part of this.
0: So. We'd like to focus today, especially on the things that customers might need to know before they start being HubSpot customers. So I just want to start with what are the different hubs that people can subscribe to? And are there any packages that pull them in together? Because that's how HubSpot works, right? It's a series of different hubs all connecting together.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, So to, to kind of use layman terms, I suppose it would be a series of different product lines, um, as opposed to hubs. Uh, we call them hubs, um, and clients first do as well, um, as part of the same ecosystem. So essentially, HubSpot has five different products that are all built on the same platform that all get kind of pulled in together at the end. So the five product lines would be a Marketing Hub, which we've probably, we're probably most famous for. Um, I think most companies would know us through marketing automation, content inbound marketing generally, which is, um, and even through our own content, which we're quite good at. Um, then we have sales hub for growing sales teams, uh, service hub for your customer support and service teams. Uh, you've got CMS, which is our newest product, which is about you know, being able to build your website on HubSpot. Okay. And finally, you've got CRM, which is what all of the other four hubs sit on top of. So that's that's kind of what ends up pulling all that information into one place.
0: Okay. And there are different tiers of features that customers can use, correct?
1: Correct, yes.
0: Okay. Can you talk to me a little bit about those because there are uh, three tiers, I believe.
1: Yeah, so I suppose there's uh, kind of technically four tiers on some of the the platforms, so as I mentioned there around CRM, so Uh, HubSpot operates on a freemium model. So everything except for the CMS, you can access on a free level as well. So obviously there's restrictions to how much you can do within them and everything like that. But it's, it's designed to give companies a little bit of a feel for the platform as well as be designed for companies who um, may just be looking to get off spreadsheets or maybe just looking to dip their toe dip their toe in the water of um, actually using a cloud platform for data storage. So the first tier would be that free tier. And then uh, everything beyond that across marketing, sales and service will go to a starter package, um, which is, as, as you can imagine, it just unlocks some extra features beyond the free version. Um, and then once you... Uh, beyond that you've got professional and enterprise and professional level um is probably uh, the most kind of popular product across all of the products um, and that this now includes cms as well there's no starter tier for cms Um, and then enterprise is designed for um you know those fast growing uh, companies who are really looking to scale a business who are really really trying to kind of advance um how they want to do their marketing how they want to manage their sales teams how they want to engage with customer support um but it it, it is designed for those uh, companies who just need that extra functionality
0: okay that's good to know so if we're talking about the crm um because everything sits on the crm how does hubspot crm differ from what customers might be familiar with like a a more traditional crm
1: yeah that's a good question so um it is quite unique, I think, in terms of what traditional CRMs would be perceived as, especially with um, especially with pricing and licensing models. So traditional CRMs, and I've worked with a number of other ones prior to uh, working with HubSpot, so uh, they would typically be priced on every user you have within that CRM will need to have a paid license. Um, I'm sure some of the listeners here would be familiar with that model. Um, the uh, The way HubSpot works is it's um, uh, slightly different to that. So you can have a, a mixture of paid users um, and free users. So there's essentially, if you're on a professional license with HubSpot, say on sales, um, that would mean then that you have five paid users within that license that just come out of the box as part of the, the price. Um, you can add users beyond that, but five is the minimum level. But just because you're paying for five users doesn't mean you can only have five users within the portal you can have uh, as many users within the portal as you want it's just those five users will have those specific features needed for sales so essentially the way the pricing is thought about within HubSpot is you're only actually paying for the people who need the functionality um, to actually do their day-to-day jobs
0: that actually kind of brings me on to the next part, um which is about the changes to the marketing hub pricing as far as marketing contacts um which I guess is not marketing hub pricing, it's the c r m pricing
1: yeah kind of this is this is uh yeah, this is definitely one of those uh questions um it's it's a big change for hubspot, it's definitely been. Uh, an Achilles heel of ours for, <laughs> for quite a while. Um, I'm sure you'll ask me on this afterwards why is it wasn't an Achilles heel. But uh, essentially, yeah, we, we've we added in this uh, mark, marketable contacts pricing model. So basically that means similar to the way sales and service hub are set up, as in you only pay for the users that you have. Previously with HubSpot's pricing uh, for marketing, it's not priced on a per user basis. It's pr- it would have been priced on, how many contacts you actually have within the CRM. So that would mean then if you have a database with 100,000 contacts and you upload all them to HubSpot, you would have to pay for every single one of those. Um, Whereas now, we've realized, and we've been aware of this for a while, uh, but it just has taken time to actually build this out, um, that if you have 100,000 contacts, maybe 10,000 of those are opted out but you want to hold on to their information from historical data purposes. Uh, Maybe there's a couple of people who are uh, just sales-related contacts, so your sales team are going to be reaching out to them, but you are not going to be sending them marketing emails or you're not going to be targeting them with ads, which is what HubSpot would define as marketable contact. So the way it's designed now is you only pay for the contacts that you're going to be marketing to. So you could have a database with, hundred thousand contacts, but you're only actually going to be paying for 60,000 of those who are part of those marketing campaigns to be running. So it's a, uh, it's, it's quite a significant change, um, in terms of what's going on. And also the, the way the pricing model, um, works has kind of changed as a result of that. So previously, again, it used to be, um, for every 1000 contacts you went up a kind of a price bracket now with marketing it's uh, you start with 2000 contacts and it goes up in buckets of 5000 contacts so essentially what that means is if you are coming up to your renewal or you know you're coming up to your next payment you're not worrying about the number of contacts you have in your portal at all times you've actually got a, a larger kind of uh, buffer to play with before you go up to up the kind of tiers or up the levels
0: Okay, so do you feel like that pricing change the marketing context do you feel like that's beneficial to businesses of all sizes or or is that really focused on those larger enterprise companies
1: um it's it's definitely going to be most helpful to the larger enterprise companies the ones who have bigger databases who would have um you know sales teams who would be doing more kind of account based you know target account selling um and really Kind of coldly going after um, businesses like that, um, but it, it 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 can work for any type of business. Who you know, if you're a new business, you can acquire leads through you know your LinkedIn network. You can acquire leads through meeting people at conferences. That doesn't necessarily mean they've opted in, into marketing communications yet. Uh, so it can you can still reach out to them from a from a sales perspective, from a one to one perspective. But they they haven't necessarily opted into um, receiving communications from you from a marketing perspective, yet so while yes, it definitely is going to be more beneficial initially for those enterprise businesses. It's not exclusively for that either. It uh, and then and at the lower end of things for those companies who have the smaller databases, the pricing hasn't really changed that much um, from a kind of a base level.
0: Okay, and and you said that it was an Achilles' heel. Is that what spurred the change because um, i mean it does feel like a big move and you said that it was ongoing but from outside of hubspot it has felt sort of uh like a very sudden change i think
1: um yeah i could, I could actually you know kind of uh, see the forest through the trees kind of thing um me being in the middle of it it's been something that i've been aware of for a while it's been something that has been ongoing and i know our our dev team and, you know, our, our finance team, and basically everyone has been putting a lot of work into this for quite a long time. And um, even our enablement teams in the back end. Um But yeah, the reason I, I say it was an actually seal, essentially the way the model was set up previously was going to be more, w- was designed to be, you were essentially taxed on additional contacts. Like that was how it was. You were taxed on being successful and growing your database. So HubSpot is known for being you know best in class for lead generation for top of funnel for uh traffic acquisition for actually helping companies grow that database organically and the way the pricing model used to work was you know taxing people for that you know on on a flat rate um so this model now basically allows you to grow your database without have without having to go into that um conversation or coming up to your renewal of where you've purchased for 10,000 contacts this year and next year you've got 50,000 contacts and all of a sudden your price for HubSpot subscription has doubled um you know it's, it just wasn't really fair so it's it's a more scalable and i suppose forgiving way of working with our with our existing customers um to actually allow for that because previously we would have had to put in massive discounts um in order to be competitive Uh, with some of our competitors um, just to get pricing over the line based on the contact tiers. Whereas now it actually, it fits much more naturally with having those conversations.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask how that sort of fits with your conversations. Do you find that that was where a lot of your time talking about pricing was spent, was within the contacts or um, I guess, What what kinds of questions come up around pricing when you're talking to customers?
1: Yeah, uh, contacts is always a big one. So literally what I just said there around, oh, well, like if we have 10,000 contacts and we grow our database to whatever size by next year, what will our price be then? Um, And then also, you know, if we pay on a... A quarterly subscription so if we could get an annual contract but we're paying quarterly do we have to pay for the additional contacts at the end of the quarter at the end of the year the answer would have been at the end of the quarter Um, so it could it could have just meant that your database um, actually became more of an expense to you than an asset to you in terms of HubSpot uh, over time so that was one of the places where a lot of those conversations would have would have spent time on Um, then everything else around the pricing, like if we are talking about um the sales or service side, it was a lot about, you know, what do sales-specific users or service-specific users, the ones who have those paid seats have, what do they have access to by comparison to, you know, your CFO or your CTO who doesn't need a paid seat but just wants to be able to look at reporting and wants to be able to see kind of deal updates and and, and things like that. Um, So walking through kind of what, Individual paid users and portal-wide users would have access to as well. Would be would be another big thing.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, um, before we get into the managing costs and and things around that, I'd like to talk a little bit about Sales Hub and CMS because we do we do work in both of those areas. Mm-hmm. So regarding CMS Hub, because that has been uh, one of the big pushes this year. It's been really exciting to get to work with that and to bring that to customers. What do you feel like customers need to know um, about CMS Hub and about the CMS Hub pricing that maybe it gets missed sometimes in the in the initial parts of the sale?
1: Yeah, that, that this is this is actually um, this is an interesting one because as I'm sure most people are aware, um, WordPress dominates the. CMS market. So the website build market, I think it's about 60 to 65% of all websites are built on WordPress or something crazy like that. So yeah. it's as good a monopoly as you could, I guess you could really have. Um, so obviously HubSpot from a commercial point of view, I'm assuming here on behalf of Brian Halligan and co, uh, that, uh, they see a huge commercial opportunity in the CMS space. So, we HubSpot have always had the kind of website add-on and it really has just been an add-on where you could just build website pages as part of kind of an extra to your marketing subscription because when in marketing you can do build your blogs and landing pages and forms and everything within that. Um but the main things I would say when people are looking at CMS with HubSpot is they often look at CMS uh from our starter level with CMS. So it's it's you know, around 242 pounds uh, or 245 pounds per month, which on the surface of it looks more expensive, and it is more expensive than say WordPress. Um, but what often comes the case with a lot of these uh, websites, not specifically WordPress, but other other types of websites, is the additional costs that go into actually maintaining it and paying like for. Uh, the different kind of, you know, your content, your actually content delivery network, kind of the 24, the monitoring that goes into it, SSL certs, just all of the other things that actually fall in uh, behind the actual purchasing the CMS itself, um, all come out of the box with HubSpot. So that's all built into the pricing model that we have. Um, And because it's a software service um, it's all held in the cloud, and we manage all of that. So there's no longer the kind of, oh, we have to go back to a developer to get them to update a little bit on a landing page. Um, it's, all, it's all very easily done within your HubSpot portal. Um, and beyond that, HubSpot sits on the CRM, as we said at the start. So uh, if you get the website with HubSpot, if you build on the CMS, automatically that CMS is connected to a CRM. So now you've got actually... Good data, relevant data, sitting on the back end of your CMS, and you can really use that to customize uh, customer experiences on your website.
0: I think that's very well said, and certainly we found that the the ability for us as marketers to jump in and make changes without having to, you know, bother our dev team in the middle of projects um, has been so worthwhile.
1: Yeah. 100% because, you know, what? what's the last thing a developer wants to hear? Um, oh, can you update the time and date for the event that we're running or can you uh, change, tweak this text or something on a page? Um, that's the last thing a marketer wants to ask them because they know it could be you know, two days before they actually get that done. A marketer wants to be able to do this quick. You need to work at a marketer's pace. Um, And a developer wants to do fun, actual development work. Like they want to be building, you know, calculators on the site. They want to be building custom objects. They want to be building actual proper development stuff rather than just kind of finicky website basic updates. So, yeah. There's definitely there's definitely a lot of pain with that that I've experienced in terms of conversations I've had um, that that uh, yeah definitely comes to the fore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then when it comes to sales hub, what are sort of your recommendations around that? I know you've mentioned the five sales hub licenses, but what sorts of things do sales teams get out of HubSpot and sort of what? Do they get at, diff- at the different tiers as well between professional and, and enterprise?
1: Yeah, so um, I suppose the, the key differences b- between these is if you are um, if you if if you have a smaller sales team. So if you've got you know one or two people in your sales team, maybe you're a, a small business and you're the managing director plus you're the salesperson plus. Uh, you know, finance person plus everything else that that mm-hmm. goes on running a small business. You, potentially, you should be in. You should be looking at the starter products. That's kind of what they're designed for, um, in terms of helping the the people around that. If you, the reason you would go to professional beyond that is if you've got a sales team. Um, so if you've got you know potentially a couple of uh, account executives and maybe a BDR or a couple of BDRs and three or four account executives, and you want. Your team to start working collaboratively on that. Um, that that's where a sales professional will come in, and there's some some features within that that are really really useful for it. So, um, you know, like sequences templates, so sequences a series of emails used for prospecting, um, connecting your calendar to your uh, your. your Google or your Microsoft calendar to your HubSpot account. So your prospects can easily book a time in with you either through your website where your calendar can be reflected or through an email. Um, The reporting that comes out out with this more customized reporting with professionals. So there's lots of there's lots of additional features that fall within that as well as kind of cpq tools so like quotes and building out your product catalog and everything like that um and then going to enterprise enterprise again this is very much more for that company that is really kind of growing um at an accelerated pace or potentially have a larger sales team again or have multiple sales teams that's where enterprise would fit in because some of the things that those large organizations would really need would be things like permissioning, like field level permissions, um, predictive lead scoring, um, you know, more kind of uh, heavier on the automation side from like quote based workflows. So when a quote gets sent out and and I suppose more integrations with other platforms they might be using. So, um, you know, Xero or, or Asana or whatever else they're using around the kind of financial and, and delivery side of things as well.
0: That is really helpful to, I think, to the listeners to kind of have a, a good understanding of where their business sits as far as what they'll they'll need. I think now I would like to take it back to the managing the costs bit. So we are, you know, in lockdown again. Um, and this year has been really strange and very trying for businesses globally. And a lot of people are looking at cutting costs right now what in your opinion are some of the best ways for businesses to manage their costs but still get the kind of functionality that they need um so without having to to downgrade beyond what would be helpful for them
1: yeah that this is a big one um so hubspot did some to be to be fair to them and you know not trying to bleed orange here or anything but um they uh they were very good during the covid period for a lot of customers who would have been struggling at that time where they were offering massive discounts to customers just to make sure that um they had the tools they needed to run the business but didn't you know weren't going to be churned out of their portal because you know they just couldn't afford it anymore so they were really really good um with that what especially while um you know for the first kind of lockdown period across europe essentially um and and largely the world um but yeah in terms of managing costs managing um how how th- how how to actually run a business now because it's more difficult now than ever th- there's a page on hubspot called uh, the covid benchmarking data so hubspot covid benchmarking data and for anyone listening to this i'd recommend give just google it and, and look it up so basically hubspot uh went and collated the data for all so we've near we've around a hundred thousand customers now but um at the start of all this start of the year that we had around 70 uh seventy five thousand or eighty thousand customers or somewhere around there. Um but what we did was we collated all the data from all of our customers' portals and we have it on a publicly viewable page. So it'll show you things like um the ad spend across the board on in industry specific segments of what people are actually spending on ads, or how many uh, how many e- marketing emails are they sending, how much traffic are people getting to their websites. Um, so it, it it really gives you really good data on how people in your own industry are actually operating and there's some really interesting data that i've seen within that like ad, people's ad spends have fallen off the map um particularly at the start of lockdown they're starting to increase again um marketing emails were for 30 or 40 percent higher than they were at this time last year but the open rates were uh, also about 20 30 percent higher so what from that um what we're able to kind of deduce is just that more people are online now than ever. Um, like ever before. So those traditional business models, um, I speak to businesses all the time around this about where they used to go to events or they used to go to expos or meet and greets or, you know, it was always kind of face to face sales. They just don't really exist anymore. Um unfortunately, like, you know, we don't get to shake people's hands or meet them face to face now. Um, so, there are tools within HubSpot to actually help you do that. So the first and foremost, if you are a business who's looking to get the most out of online, but you've never actually invested in it before, and you're you know quite conscious and understandably so about budgets and where to invest your money, a good place to start, honestly, is the free CRM with HubSpot. So. That you can connect your website to that. You can start tracking and seeing uh, kind of a high level view of who's coming to your site. You can start, you can even build forms on, on that as well. So you can actually start using that to capture data of people coming to your site. But some of the things I would really dig into that, uh, that from what I can see and from what I'm speaking to customers, um, a lot of people, uh, there's so much content uh, out there now that it's just become an integral part of what people do. Um, Uh, and what companies do to grow, you really need to be doubling down on the effort you're putting into online. So how you get found, what type of buyer personas are you targeting? um, What's your ideal customer profile? What type of things do they look up? What social channels are they on? Um, This might sound daunting to some people, but there is lots and lots of, as I said, content out there to help you with all of this as well, even on HubSpot or even on... Clients first have lots of content on this as well, and you know there are companies like yourselves who can actually help with that. So, in terms of managing that spend with HubSpot, have a chat with us. Just reach out if you are struggling. If you're a customer and you're and you're struggling and you're kind of not sure how business is going to go, and you, you've taken some financial hits, have have a conversation with your customer success manager or your renewal manager, or whoever you're in contact with, um, and we, we'll do our best for you. That's basically what all I can kind of say on that but um, if you're a new customer looking into it um, you know feel free to reach out there's loads of content online there's loads of things you can read up about it and case studies and everything else like that but the main thing is that understand to coming into this just be aware that it's a commitment to actually go down this path it's not a quick fix this is a it's a long-term strategy uh, to think about so if you're worried about 2021, you need to be putting things into place now.
0: That's great advice. And I think that it's especially interesting thinking of it less as um, cutting costs and more as investing in insight and knowledge and the the areas that, that will be able to support growth of of the business rather than just sort of maintenance of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: With that in mind and with the the call to have people reach out if needs be, um, is there anything that you wish that more customers knew ahead of signing up that would make their lives easier and your life easier?
1: Um, <laughs> that's a loaded question for a salesperson. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned one of them there. One of them is, and this doesn't happen as often now, but I, and a couple of, you know, t- t- three, four years ago when I started out in HubSpot, um, one of the big ones was people i always found that people kind of expected it to work straight away that you know there was like a button you turned on and all of a sudden leads started flowing into your account into your hubspot account which just as we know it hubspot's just a software it's just a vehicle by which you can drive all of this it's not going to be uh, a short-term fix as i said so just for people to understand um that this is a strategy it'll take you know three to six months before you see kind of any return on this. Ultimately, the longer you, you work on it, the more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. So just that, that would be one thing that, you know, people, as is always the case, a lot of people do only reach out when it's too late. You know, things have really gone badly or, you know, we've got this major problem that we didn't see coming or, you know, whatever might've happened. Um, and then they'll reach out, whereas, you know, ideally just have a think about what's the business going to be like in a year's time, two years' time. Where's the opportunities with this? Do we need uh, a structure, technology or whatever it might be in place? How do we go about doing that now rather than waiting until the the final hour? And then uh, ultimately, you know, it, it's too late at that point. Um, that's, so that's one. But the second one would be, um, you know. HubSpot, it, it's it's a large company now. When I started, it was just Marketing Hub. Um, the CRM didn't really exist, uh, kind of, I suppose, but not really. Um, but now we've got kind of five major products, and there's probably more going to be coming out over the next few years as well. Um, but a lot of people just come in thinking, oh, you just do free CRM, or you guys just, you know, you do a lot of content, but don't actually know that there is other hubs around that. So they might come in looking just at marketing and not be aware that. Oh, there's a sales, there's sales tools here, there's customer service. Oh, I can build my entire website here as well. Um, So that, that would be one thing ideally from my perspective that, that people are aware of, um but I'm sure there's plenty of uh, people who would like us to be more aware of stuff as well. (laughs) I would be happy for feedback and anything like that as well, but that they're kind of the two main things from my perspective where people get a little bit lost in terms of um, firstly, just number one, I think it's always important in any walk of life, just that expectation setting of how long this will take to work. And then secondly, um, just around, you know, it, the, the HubSpot it's designed to work for all of your customer facing teams so um, whether that's you know sales marketing customer service whatever it might be um, that, that there are other tools within there to help the rest of the team so it is very much so that kind of all-in-one system.
0: That's great well that is the end of my questions thank you for your time today Damien it has been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you very much SJ I really appreciate it enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, me too. And I'm sure that our listeners uh, will be interested in taking this knowledge to their teams. Thank you for sharing.
1: Cheers. Thanks very much. Have a good one.
0: Me too.